Hey everyone, and welcome to PR Hangover, a weekly PR recap and talk show brought to you by Grand Valley State University's PRSSA chapter and hosted by me, Kelly Darcy. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoy the show. So why don't you go ahead and start by telling us who you are? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm Michael DeMeyer. Okay. <laughs> and what does that mean? Who are you to the school? I am a uh, senior adjunct faculty. I was a visiting faculty for three years and then converted back to adjunct as of this past fall. And what made you convert back to adjunct? Uh, my contract ran out. Okay. <laughs> uh, is the main reason, but also uh, it gives me an opportunity to go back into practice and, uh, and be doing that as well as teaching, which is how this whole thing started in the first place. Okay, so why don't you kind of give a little bit of history about how you got into advertising in general? Okay, well... I've never been in pure advertising or public relations. I've been more on the marketing side. And my background really is kind of eclectic in the fact that um, I kind of look at it as like it's in four different areas. I, I have a strong nonprofit background. I've been involved not only as a staff person in the nonprofit world, but also as an active volunteer, um, principally as a fundraiser and a marketing person. I also have a period of time in my life where I've spent in corporate life, um, not only um, in a sales capacity. Um, I was a lead marketing person for an aerospace company, and I also was on a corporate staff for a diversified company that had operations all around the country. And my role was to work with those different divisions in terms of strategic planning and marketing and, and new product development and uh, new, uh, new market development. And I did that. And then I also spent time as a CEO of an agency. We did a lot of work in the area of design and marketing um, and, and creating sales materials. And I eventually became very interested in branding out of that, which then let me have my own practice where I, I did uh, brand development for organizations. And then the last piece is I've taught. I've taught at the university college level now for about 18 years. I spent... Uh, I spent a number of years at Davenport University teaching in the management and marketing curriculum and ultimately led up to teaching the capstone classes in both those. And then I came to Grand Valley, gosh, in 2006, principally to teach CAP 400 at that point in time, which has evolved into 495. So what do you think, um, so you've been in a lot of the marketing, and our marketing and advertising are pretty separated at Grand mm -hmm, Valley. Mm -hmm. Do you think that that is a good thing that we have it separated? Or do you think that it should be an, more of an overlap, or do you think that we're covering similar topics? I think it gets treated in more detail, being separate. I also think it gives it a bit more prestige. Um, when I taught marketing, marketing was basically sort of seen, I mean, uh, public relations and advertising were seen as more, more parts of the promotional aspect of marketing, and they were treated very equally to other aspects of promotions. I think the idea of being able to elevate advertising and public relations to a little more emphasis and a little more strategic focus is important. And I have to admit, you know, um, when I was on the marketing side, um, um, I looked at marketing as being, or public relations as being more of a tool. And the time I've been in the APR department at Grand Valley, it's given me a whole different perspective on it as seeing it be a much more of a strategic function. And then as I've been in practice and been involved in different things in the community um, as it relates to nonprofit organizations, 
I've seen the switch for how important the communications function, public relations function is as a strategic function of the organization, where it always before had just been fundraising with communications being kind of secondary and mm -hmm. serving fundraising. And do you think that maybe just that came from maybe at that point in time advertising that and publications that's kind of what it was and as people start developing new titles and new job positions and kind of new needs with new technologies you think that maybe that's how PR came to be more prominent and kind of more of a taking a higher role than just a strategy or tactic? Um, I think that might be part of it but I also think the evolution of the donor and the complexity of the donor and the uh, changing behaviors and the changing preferences and the need for organizations to communicate with that donor and build relationships with that donor has had a lot to do with it. You know, can't, the whole nonprofit world, and we don't want to get into all this right now, <laughs> but the whole nonprofit world has really moved itself from a transactional basis into a more relationship basis. And I think as it's gone through that transition, it's made public relations and public relations initiatives much more important. And do you think that nonprofits have a large are largely different from for-profits? Do you think that when, if a student were to be studying as a whole and then go to nonprofit, there'd be things that they maybe would shock them or surprise them about how it's run or would it be run similar to a for-profit? I, I think there's a, a, a lot of um, these, um, comparison to the two. And I think they're equal in a lot of different ways. The, the difference in nonprofit organizations has a lot more to do with culture than it does with maybe the function the person's going to be doing. Uh, Nonprofit organizations can be complex because you can be a person inside the organization and you have a reporting responsibility to the person you're working for, but you also have this whole volunteer network on the outside that you interact with. And so it's sort of like you've got a helix and you're kind of working for, with two different groups of people where that's not the, pro not the situation in for-profit organizations. It's much cleaner lines at that point. But do you think that they all kind of use, I mean, you're really strategic focused. I've had you for one class, right. and it was a lot of strategy and a lot right. of thinking. Um, do you think that that really comes into play a lot with nonprofit? I'm assuming that's why you really push it, or do you think it's just everyone should know it? I think it needs to come into play. Mm -hmm. I think it is becoming more and more so. Um, I've had the opportunity to be involved not only with nonprofits here in West Michigan, but I've had the opportunity to serve on an international board in New York, which gave me a perspective of of an international, a large international type medical research organization. And, you know, I think you begin to see it move down. The larger nonprofits began to look at it as more strategic, and then over time I think you see it making itself into the regional and the local level. But I'm a big believer in the fact that um, uh, the communications and public relations and those functions need to be lead in the organization. And I guess I'd go so far to say that um, at a point in time, Certainly when I, in my fundraising career, at a point in time, fundraising was the lead in the organization. And then the communications department sort of served fundraising, like we're going to need brochures, we're going to need an ad, we're going to, you know, we're going to have an event, that sort of thing. And you went to the communications department and said, can you help us out? Um, over the last five years or so, particularly as I've seen, as I said, the evolution of donors, I'm more and more a believer in the fact that I think communications needs to be the strategic function. So I guess I'd go so far as to say, where you might have said before, you've got to get the very best fundraising people you can get, and if you have some good communication people, that's adequate. 
now I'm in the camp saying, you know, you've got to go get the very best communication people you can get and have good fundraising people. Mm -hmm. But the communication is the one laying all the groundwork for the fundraising you're going to do and maintain those relationships with donors in a very crowded marketplace. So how do you think that with our, with communications, advertising, public relations specifically, it seems to be ever-evolving? You just mentioned a couple ways that, you know, even your mindset has shifted with mm -hmm. time and with new advances. How do you think that works, or how do you think that affects you teaching students for classes and, and every year as they change? I mean, 18 years of teaching, that's, right. a, that's a lot. That's a legal adult amount of, of right. teaching. So how do you think that you've been able to manage that with um, kind of changing your lessons and being able to, like, how do you keep up? Read a lot. Yeah. <laughs> stay on top of trends. Um, talk to a lot of people. Stay involved in different things. I mean, I think that you have a responsibility as a faculty person to keep evolving just like the students are evolving. And you want to make sure that the right experience is brought to the classroom. You know, I, as you had pointed out, tend to be very strategic. My whole career has been involved in creating strategy and, and working in those kind of situations and in different fields and at different times. And um, I believe it's, it's, an important, it's an important skill to have, but I also think by being strategic, it forces you to be thinking, that how are things now, what are things going to be, where have we been, and then following that evolution. And I think then you need to bring that to the classroom as well. So do you think, I mean, at least in advertising, there's a lot of creative brains, a lot of you know the, the, the brains that really don't maybe think strategically, and do you think that it's something that can be learned with people who are, I'm, pure, I'm a pure graphic designer, I'm a pure, pure creative, like I don't, I don't need to, I just need to create. How do you think that those students, like what do you think, do you think it's that they can't do strategic or do you think that maybe it's more so something that's harder for them to learn and how do you think that coincides with being in, in advertising? Well, I think, I think some people might pick it up easier than other people depending on how you're oriented. But I think it's something that everybody can learn. I, I, you know, you take a look at our, our 310 and 320 classes are set to treat, teach critical thinking skills. And critical thinking skills is fundamental to strategic thinking. So I think the idea that we recognize the importance of not only teaching the principles and, and working through other aspects like you know, 105 and your research with 115 and then um, you know, 495 obviously being capstone, that centerpiece is learning the critical thinking skills. You know, the thing with advertising and public relations, you got to be smart. Mm -hmm. You know, you need to be creative and you need to be smart too. And so I think different people may come at it in different ways, but I think the fundamental skills of being able to start looking at things more strategic really rests on critical thinking skills and I think in 310 and 320 we do a pretty good job at least orienting and giving exposure to students to be able to start working on those skills and it's not it's not like a, uh, the semester ends and so I got it you know you're constantly evolving and working on those skills it's like a muscle you have to constantly keep working and if you keep working that that in an environment that's constantly changing then the two of those things together make you more of a strategic thinker. And do you think that um, in your kind of teaching, you see a lot of students, do you, think, do you think that there's, you can kind of tell the kind of student that's going to get it at first and not get it at first, you know, kind of maybe struggle with it? Like, do you think you can just tell those people? And maybe, is there any advice for people who maybe think that they can't strategically think? I think you, um, I don't know, I don't know if you can immediately tell. Um, you know, strategic thinking, you have to be able to work in shades of gray, and so people who might be more oriented, in my experience in teaching, people who might be more oriented toward accounting 
or engineering or math where it's always there's a there's a rule and there's always the right answer and that sort of thing might struggle a little bit more than people who might be a little bit more used to dealing with you know like um, design or even some of the um, I'm trying to think of some of the other courses um, anyway where you have the opportunity to be able to um, um, be working more in shades of gray mm -hmm. because as, as you know from 310 you know it's it's the process of being able to understand what's the real situation here and then being able to look at it and say what's important mm -hmm. and then being able to work with alternatives and, 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 and then come up with good recommendations and from a strategic standpoint it's being able to create in that gray space and realize that that gray space is always changing mm -hmm. and it may be um, right in this situation but in this situation it's not right when a lot of the circumstances may look exactly the same but just a couple little things are different and it makes it different. Mm -hmm. So similar to, I think, strategic thinking, a big buzz phrase and kind of way of learning is design thinking. Mm -hmm. Do you think that those two are similar or different, or do you think that they kind of go hand in hand? I think they go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. I, think it, I think the processes are real parallel to each other. And so do you think that that would be something that more teachers should start adapt, like adopting for maybe more than just 310 and 320? More is kind of like the strategic and design thinking, like maybe for like 115? 115 is, is a, you know, 115 is a real foundational course. I mean, in order to be a good strategic thinker, you have to understand research, you have to depend on research, you've got to be able to value research because that information is the lifeblood of part of what you're looking at and what you're going to make decisions with. So I think there can be certainly fundamental courses that are basic skill set applications that are important to learn. Mm -hmm. But I think you should begin to move up to into the 300s and into the 400s. I think design thinking is, 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 is an important component. And so I know that students, at least as a student myself, I have favorite classes and least favorite parts of classes. Mm -hmm. Do you happen to have any favorite things you like, the parts of class you really like talking about, the parts of class you really maybe don't love teaching or anything like that that is kind of that brings you joy to be teaching because that's important? Um, I really enjoy working with the students. And I really enjoy being interactive with the students. Um, I don't particularly enjoy lecturing. Mm -hmm. um, I, I like to see students be resourceful and give them the work that they need to read and then certainly be willing to engage them in conversations and clarify and that sort of thing. But I like to use the material more in class than have the class just be me talking about what's in the reading or, or, or going back over things that I think that students could be resourceful and pick up themselves and we could spend class working with it or clarifying it. I did notice that when I did have you for class, yeah. we did a lot of, it was like student teaching. So the students would go up and, and say what they got from the reading right. and you would clarify if something was incorrect, but you wouldn't, you know, say maybe that's not, like that's, you're not saying that's wrong, like you're dumb. You're saying maybe like let's think about it this way or did you think about this? And that was something you always said is did you think about this? Um, and I think that's something that, at least as a student, it's great to kind of get that, but it's also so nerve-wracking. So how do you think that students, um, I mean, it was a 300 level class, so you know, about junior status, but in terms of like speaking in front of the class, we spoke in front of the class every single class. Mm -hmm. So how do you think that um, students can kind of combat that, or is it just with practice? Combat the speaking in front of class? Yes, and kind of it's the, the fear of being wrong. Well, I, it's practice. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, the fact is, you know, you shouldn't be afraid to fail. Because if you fail, you're going to learn something, you're going to move forward. Now, you don't want to have it be a, you know, a, um, 
a casualty, right. so to speak, or fatal. Mm -hmm. But but you have to be have to get more comfortable with that. I think it's 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 learning to flex that muscle. You get better and better and better at it the more circumstances you're in. And you know, I've always looked, I, I right or wrong, for my time in teaching, I've always looked at myself as a person that. Uh, plays a role in helping bridge students between the academic experience and the outside experience. And at the lower level classes, more emphasis on the academic, and at the upper level classes, more level on the transition to what it's like in the real world. And hope to be able to impart upon them and give them a chance to practice some of those skills. And as you know, fundamentally, with, you know, particularly with PR and in advertising as, as well, you know, writing skills are important, and, and thinking skills are important, but also presenting skills are important. And um, you have to practice it. I mean, you, it's, it's something that if you do a lot of it, then you're not as nervous. And then if you take some time off and you don't do a lot of it, then you get back up there again and you're nervous. I have never um, observed a way that someone can read about public speaking and think about public speaking and then say, okay, I'm good now, and get up and do it. You just have to be up there, and that's the only way to reduce the anxiety in my mind. Mm -hmm. And that's also why I rely so heavily, as you know, on the speech lab. I think we have a phenomenal speech lab on campus, and I think that students who avail themselves of that is a really important thing. I mean, is it unsettling to see yourself on videotape the first time? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you don't sound like you think you're going to sound. You don't look like you think you look. You may even have some mannerisms that you weren't even aware of that all of a sudden are right in your face, and, and you can't look at a friend and say, well, I don't do that because you're watching yourself do it. Mm -hmm. But it's an important learning tool, and I think the speech lab, in, in I always partner every single class I teach, um, whether it be at the 100 level, the 200 level, the 300 level, or the 400 level, always has students going to the speech lab. Mm -hmm. And I don't do that just to make students uncomfortable. I have seen a tremendous difference in the in-class presentations uh, that students bring to class by taking advantage of that. So even though students may think, well, I don't know if I'm getting any better, I can tell them they're getting better because there's such a remarkable difference after they go through that process instead of, because part of it probably is, well, I've got to rehearse and I've got to go with my team and I've got to practice this. I can't just you know, give it a flyby and then go to class. Mm -hmm. But I think that discipline is an important discipline. And I think knowing how to present, it's great having really good and smart ideas, but you've also got to be able to communicate them. And so I think they go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. So then do, what other advice do you have for students who maybe are in coming into the 300-level classes, 400-level classes, going out to the real world, trying to become advertising, public relations, maybe not even those specifically, but, you know, work to create their ideas and present their ideas. What's some advice you have for students that maybe you've seen as, is good to know? Well, um, one, we've talked about presentations. Mm -hmm. You know, as, as much as you pay attention to being a good writer, learn to be a good presenter. You know, learn to be able to be impromptu and be able to get up on your feet and be able to explain yourself and be compelling and convincing in terms of how you explain yourself and how you explain your ideas. Um, I think be resourceful. You know, if there's, if there's um, one thing that I think students need to depend on themselves more for, and I see it in, in a variety of different classes, is to be resourceful. You know, um, never before in history has information been so much at our fingertips mm -hmm. and available to get the information and as you begin to transition yourself to get ready to go into internships and be able to graduate and go and work in the outside world, 
Um, you want to be the person that goes to your, to your superior and says, you know, you gave me this assignment, I've done all the research I can on it, I've tried to figure this out as best I can, I've looked at it in these different areas to find the information, but I just am having trouble either finding it or interpreting it, can you help me here? And someone will be willing to help you. Mm -hmm. If you go into the workforce and you don't put forth any effort and you just say, I really don't know how to put together this communication thing, can you show me? Well, then that's not going to play real well for you. Mm -hmm. And so I think to, in college to begin to build the self-resourcefulness, to recognize I need to give this my best effort to answer this myself before I go ask about it, mm -hmm. I think is an important thing to learn. And as you know, I try to do that a lot in my class. I, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, you know, you'll come up to me and others have come up to me in class and they'll, they'll ask me a question like, well, do you know where I can find this. And I'm not, being, I'm not trying to be sarcastic. I'm, I'm trying to be helpful when I say something like, well, I know where it is, but, but you need to know where it is too. Yeah. Because I think it's also this part of college, I think, is, is this process of building confidence in yourself. I know in 495, one of the things I, I tell my students when they come to class is the main difference between me and you as we sit here right now is I know you can do this, and you're not sure yet. Mm -hmm. And my role is to get them to the end of the semester so they can say, I know I can do this now too. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an important part of education in terms of building confidence and giving students the opportunity to do it. Um, other things um, as it relates to moving from college into the world, I think that are important, is uh, always be curious. Mm -hmm. um, that means learning, stay learning, stay active learning, always be curious because particularly in advertising and public relations and the, um, and the, the, the role the field or the role the field plays in organizational life, it's evolving and changing so fast. I mean, it's phenomenal. Um, obviously, I'm a little older than you. Oh, what? I didn't know that. <laughs> and, uh, it, you know, you see, you see the time periods collapsing as to how quickly, how quickly things move. Mm -hmm. And so you can't, you can't rest on that. You've got to be able to stay curious. Um, and along with that, uh, and this has certainly been a big part of my career, um, don't wait till you're ready. Mm -hmm. um, I look back at different opportunities I've had, and there are probably people that could stand on the outside and say, how in the world is he there? Mm -hmm. And it's because I, had, I, 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 I said, I'm, I don't necessarily know what to do here, but this is a great opportunity. And I'm going to take the opportunity, and I'm going to get in there, and I'm going to learn it as I go, and I'm going to make sure I do a good job with it. And I think that's really important. You can have a tendency to sit back and say, well, I don't know if I should take that opportunity. I don't think I'm ready yet, or I don't think I know enough yet, or I, I don't know if I've got the skills for that yet. Now, be smart. You know, don't, don't step off the cliff in an area where you don't think you can go. But, you know jump over the canyon a little bit in a, in a space that isn't necessarily the safe next step. I think that's really, really important because I think you'll find that you'll land on the other side, you'll have a remarkable experience learning different things, and you'll do better than you think. Mm -hmm. um, network. Now, network has a couple different assets to, to it. One is we all hear network in the... Particularly in college, you hear about networking. You got to know people, and you got to people know who you are because you need to get out there. And when you get out there, you know it's about finding opportunities for yourself, and that's part of it. But the other thing is, 
networking to have resources mm -hmm. and the important re resources. A quick story. Um, at one point in time in my career, I was responsible for arranging for, uh, I planned, organized, and implemented major events. Mm -hmm. I mean, like um, 12, 1,400 people for lunch and speakers and all this sort of thing. And I had created quite a coup. I had, I had landed a prominent national speaker that had never been to Grand Rapids before. And once um, Grand Rapids, people heard he was coming, the Grand Rapids Press at that time was covering it. People were talking about it. It was a big, big deal that it was happening. And um, the day before it was supposed to happen, I got a call from this person's agent in New York saying they can't be there. Oh, no. They've got to be in London on Saturday, and they can't come. Mm -hmm. And I said, you can't do this to me. And they, <laughs> yeah. said, they said, I'm sorry, um, we can't do it. I said, if I could come up with a jet and pick them up in New York and fly them in and take them back, or at least get them in, yes. it wasn't so, that wasn't the major problem, would this be doable? And they said it might be. So I sat down, picked up the phone, called one of my corporate contacts and said, where's your jet? They said, it's up in Connecticut. I said, could you hold it in New York overnight and bring in somebody for me tomorrow? And they said, where do you want us to hold it? We will. Yeah. And I was able to call them back and say, we got it arranged, and it all, all, it all came off. Yeah. Well, the point is, if I didn't have that network, if I didn't have that contact, mm -hmm. as a person who was doing a public relations function in terms of putting together this major event, it would have been disastrous. Yeah. And it was this close to being disastrous, except for networks. So the mm -hmm. point here is, take a look at networks as being important not only for seeking jobs, but then I don't know if I have always in my career looked at how important network was. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think that I've, I've not paid as enough attention to it as maybe I should have, but it's critically important. And so I think that piece is important as well. And so those are the main things that I think that, that stay curious, don't wait you know, till you're ready, make sure you've got a good network, be resourceful. And um, um, and keep learning. Yeah. Wow, that's really awesome. I'm like, even my I wish I could see my body posture. I'm like really engrossed <laughs> in that story. I was like, wow. Um, but yeah, that's really awesome advice. I think a lot of that is things that you kind of hear, sort of like you hear like, oh, just be resourceful, but not what the purpose of resourcefulness is like, how to use it. And I think that can be sometimes off-putting to the advice if someone says, oh, just network. You're like, okay, just talk to every single person I know. Like, what's for what? You know, just if they can't give me a job, does it matter? And so I think that's really helpful and awesome advice that you can give us and all of the listeners. So thank you so much. You're welcome. So hopefully um, people will take you for classes and everyone is excited to learn about strategic learning <laughs> and how to be strategic and answer the question why. Um, thank you so much for joining us. I enjoy being here, Kelly. Thank you. Thanks for listening to PR Hangover. If you want more PR news like this, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at GV underscore PRSSA. Talk to you soon.